So the reason why I'm using this one is the reason why my name is Pakistan. Because if I put it on that one, you won't see me. Then that is necessary to see me, but some of you want to see me. So good morning. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, so such a privilege being here in Cape Town. I normally say to people, when I get called to Cape Town, I will pray on my way here. Okay, so, um, so yeah, I love Cape Town. I love the Cape Province. I've been in Pretoria area for 30 years, made a turn in Paris, free state for two years, but then I'm back in in Pretoria again for a um, while now, for a year's time. But yes, God is um, awesome. Amen. So first of all, my name Boxtian. So many people ask me, what the type of mother give her son a name like Boxtian? Okay, my mother didn't give me the name. Okay, so that's okay. And then they ask me another thing. How does a mother give birth to a Boxtian? So I say, um... I cannot explain, but I think that's a cautious operation. So, um, so this, um, oh, this works much better. Thank you, thank you very, very much. And, um, and then other people in Afrikaans, they ask me, are you being thrown by boxing? I say, yes, because I stayed in Brockpon. So that also happened. So there's many things. And the other thing they ask me, so what did you, your mother um, ate when she expected you? I said, from what our box tin made of, of, out of sand. So she ate sand. So that all of those happened. So, but yeah, so, and the Bible teaches us that the word for brick in our English is, uh, in, in, in Hebrew, is um, lavan, that, that made, that means made white or out of the whiteness of clay. So actually, the best part of clay is made, is used to make a box tin or, or a brick. So, yeah, so. Because um, before that, I heard so many people say a, a nickname can be a curse. And then I thought, yeah, that's why I stayed short. It's nothing to do with my name. It has to do with what God has in plan or in store for each one of us. So it's a great privilege being here. So I hope you're going to enjoy it with me. Tell, tell your neighbor you were born for now. Okay, you were born for now. So that I really believe that God has a purpose and a plan with every human being. Amen. So I, I don't know about you, but so many people, I've got a friend as well in Pretoria, said, you know what, my, me and my wife went to a, in that time there was still drive-ins, so we went to a drive-in, so my daughter came with her mother, um, came with her father, and went home with her mother. So, so many people think that's how we got here. So, uh, but God has got his hand in that. Amen. Okay, some of you got that, some didn't, but you'll get that later. So I'm going to read with you from Psalm 139, from verse 13. I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. It says, You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and moved them together in my mother's womb. Isn't that amazing? So I was, wasn't just issued or I was made perfectly by God's hand. Okay. Now this thing again doesn't want to work. I don't know what's happening here. Let's do that. Let's do that. There's it. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Verse 13, 14. Everything you do is so marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. 
even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. Just say your neighbor, tell your neighbor, from nothing to something. I'm not nothing, I'm something. Okay, you are something. Okay, you saw you created me to before I even became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I wake each morning, you are still with me. Isn't that incredible that God knows every move of you? Why? Because he made you. Amen. So he likes you. Tell the person next to you, God likes you. And he likes me too. Okay, he likes you, but he likes me too. Now, Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you. I knew you and I approved of you. I said, I'm approval of God. Amen. And you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. I'm reading from the Amplified. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So God told David, David reported in the Bible, even Jeremiah, and now, now Paul in Galatians 1.15 are saying, but God, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased. Come on, do Old Testament reports, one New Testament report that God has chosen me and he has made me. Amen. Every human being. So he's in charge. Okay. I'm going to read from John 1 verse 47, the Passion Translation. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, Here comes a true son of Israel, an honest man with no hidden motive. Now Nathanael was stunned and said, But you've never met me. How do you know anything about me? And Jesus answered Nathaniel, right before Philip came to you, I saw you sitting under the shade of a fig tree. Tell the person next to you, God saw me. He made me. He saw me. Okay, he's got a plan with me. We're getting there. Matthew 4, 18. As he was walking by Galilee, the shore, um, by the shore of Lake Galilee, Jesus noticed two fishermen who were brothers. One was nicknamed Kepha, later called Peter, and the other one was Andrew, his brother, watching as they were casting their nets into the water. And Jesus called them out. And he told them, follow me. Come on, come and follow me, and I will transform you into men who catch people for God. I will transform you. Tell the person next to you, I am a transformer. Hey, I'm a transformer. You've been transformed. The moment you meet Jesus, you are transformed. Come on, you will let into your new purpose. I just discovered through all these verses that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. Ephesians 2.10 says, I'm also going to read the Passion Translation, we, we have become his poetry. 
and that translation is you are his workmanship. Listen to this. You become his poetry. Now, if you are married, imagine telling your wife, hey, you are my poetry. Huh? You are my poetry. In Afrikaans, you are my gedichie. Huh? You are my poet. Hey, man, it makes your legs lump. Okay. <laughs> you became my poetry. Listen to this. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works for we would do to fulfill it. Uh, even advanced. Come on, you are his poetry. And you became his poetry. The moment Jesus stepped into your life, he changed things around. Hey, did you remain the same? And you, you had a collision with Jesus? I never. I didn't. You see this box then today? 28 years ago, I had a collision with Jesus Christ. I walked in drunk into a bar and come out sober. Hey, <laughs> do you want some of that drink? They call it a new wine. Okay, it's a new wine. Come on, man. Just a few weeks before that, I told my friends, it wasn't a friend at that time, he was just nagging. He didn't give the gospel to me. He was nagging about my habits. And just accusing me and judging me. You know what? We know we're doing something wrong. I was a, a reformed person in Afrikaans. They call it doppers. In English, they, what's a dopper in English? Other that, I, I didn't understand it well. Okay, but, but that's what, what I did. I wrestled. I was an amateur wrestler, and I thought that that's what I've been put on this earth and always wanted to become a Springbok wrestler. So I wrestled, and I drank, and I did all the bad stuff. And, um, and one day, he was just nagging on me. I just told him, I just want to say to you, not even you or your God will stop me from drinking my beer. Now, you know, in Cape Town, you drink wine. There we drink beer. And I was a lion supporter, so I drank lion. Okay. So, and, and I told him that. And a few weeks later, um, every Sunday, or most Sundays, we didn't have Baba Lass. I don't know what you call it in English. I went to church and I was also a deacon there. And then, but Sunday evenings, it was a, a clear time and we drank. And one night, on a Sunday night, I told my friends, I cannot understand that these Sundays, it's interfering with drinking time. Okay. And one day, say one day. God just stepped into my life, and I walked into a, a bar drunk. Just going to demonstrate, come in there. Uh, and, I, and I get to that place, and I, and I, and I know there's a guy who, who bought me a few weeks ago when I got there. He bought me a little um, shooter. Uh, they called it Hiroshima. And I, and I said, I go fetch Hans, I want the Hiroshima. And anyway, Hans came out, I said, you're going to pour me a Hiroshima? <coughs> no. And drunk, drunk, drunk. 
and he came and poured me the Hiroshima and I took that Hiroshima and I looked it into his eyes, eyes and I realized I can take so many Hiroshima I haven't got to that guy's guy and I told him uh, uh, I want what you've got uh, I'm done with this I'm going to serve the Lord. The moment I said I'm done, I'm going to serve the Lord, he made me sober. At that moment, he made me sober. Come on. I told that people, I said, I'm done. We're going to go now. And they asked me, what did you drink? I didn't know. But I don't know one thing, that Jesus didn't want to know, that one that I said, he will never touch me. I know he touched me. I know he changed me. And then from that moment, I know I've got purpose in life. And what I was busy with wasn't life. And I got home, I told my wife, I'm done with this. I'm going to start serving the Lord. The next morning, she woke me up and said, what was your story last night? I'm done. I'm serving the Lord. That was 1994, 28th of January, 28 years ago. Isn't God great? So I realized something had to change. And I just realized, hey, I'm the one who needed to change. And I just accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And you know what? He did the rest. I prayed and I needed to obey it. Because if... if if my life with Christ started off with a miracle, why would he lead me back to where I was? Not only did my life started as a miracle when I accepted him, but my life as human beings started off as a miracle. Tell the person next to you, you are God's idea. Okay, you are not your mother's idea, you're not your father. Maybe, they, maybe your father had an idea. And then you pitch up. Okay, but the moment your mother and your father said, hey, we want the baby, if they said it or not, God says, yes, there's a, there's a vehicle for this purpose to come to this earth. Come on, Cape Town need her. Cape Town need Natasha. Cape Town need Beverly. Cape Town need Nolan. Hey, they, the world needs them. I'm going to send them. Hey, I mean, so your birth was God's idea. And the second thing I want to share with you this morning is that your birth was a miracle. Some of you look at the person and say, oh, you must have been a miracle. <laughs> Come on. Hey, and if, if I'm God's idea, you can have any idea about me. You know, I told Dr. Gustav the other day, the moment I got saved... My father-in-law told me, you were always a disappointment, and now this. God's got an idea. I'm his idea. Don't worry about your idea. So when I felt the calling of my life, I started to decide or felt to go study full-time. And, and I told my father-in-law, I'm going to study full-time theology. He said, mm, doesn't help you start because you're not going to finish. Tell your neighbor, I'm God's idea. I'm not my, I'm not my father-in-law's idea. Okay. And then when I finally I became a pastor, 
And my father-in-law he was this great encourager. He told me the only reason why you become a pastor is because you are too lazy to work. <laughs> yes, man. I'm not your idea. I'm God's idea. Come on. And one day, like seven months ago, my, my mother-in-law got a stroke, and they end up staying with us for seven months. And then seven o'clock in the morning, I'm out seeing people. Nine o'clock at night, they're coming back. He tells me, oh, but you're working very hard. I'm God's idea. Amen. I'm on God's idea. And you are a miracle. Okay, you were born. If I'm God's idea, my birth was a miracle, it means I'm, I'm born to expect miracles. Tell your neighbor, I'm born to expect miracles. When, when last did you see a miracle? When last did you experience a miracle? And when last were you a miracle for somebody else? Come on. Hey, you were born to transform people. The moment I, I got into this earth, I transformed people's status. Oh, think about that. Your mother and your father was a couple. The moment you rock up, you make them parents. It's a status change. And their parents were parents. The moment you rock up, they were grandparents. Grandparents. <laughs> hey, hey, you were born to transform an environment. You were born to transform people and the customs and, the, and atmospheres. Why? Because you are a miracle and you are God's idea and expect miracles. Third one, the fourth one. You are born to do God's work by God's power. Do you realize that? Why? For nine months, God spent time with you. Now, I've got two grandchildren now. The one is two years and, and one month. The other one is seven days. Emily. Now, <laughs> that's great. Can I take my jacket off? I know I cannot do it in Barakpan. They're the thing I want to fight. But I know I'm safe in Cape Towns. So I don't fight. They use, they, they use knives. So... Some safe. Okay. And, um, and, then, and then one day she told me, she said, you are sitting, or, you know what? Maybe I can demonstrate it. She do that and there's a baby's going in the stomach. Then I ask her, hey, do you know why he's going mad in your stomach? Ladies, do you know? He started kicking you there. <laughs> why have done nothing to them like kicking you? And, Head banging then, head banging. And I realized one thing, it's a response. Come on, if God reveals his plan to you in your mother's womb, you have to respond. I say, yes, I can't wait to get out, man. I'm going to do my thing in this world. Hey, I want to come out now. I want to come out now. Hey, and the moment I get down, I say, yes, I'm here. Come on. And the moment you get out, the people, you are the greatest blessing there is. You know how you got here? Because of a deed of love. Hey, 
And that's the thing. And that's the exchange of God's hand with love to the people who love each other and love God. And they have to do a deed. We call it a love deed. And suddenly two seeds become one seed. And that seed is an awesome human being that God's, God's DNA inside of it. Oh, look at that person next to you. I've got God's DNA inside of me. And the main thing is love. Because so God so hated the world. He so adored the world. He so comforted the world. No, he so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So you ever believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Come on, you the reason for this season. But God sent his only son so that everybody can have eternal life and the world outside have to know it. You know what was a struggle for me? When lockdown broke out and I realized as a pastor and a church that the church is a non-essential service. That was heartbreaking. I couldn't believe it. And was it true? In some areas it is true. Because we as churches didn't make the impact we're supposed to be. We were so focused inside. Uh, not outside. We were just focused. We must have nice curtains, nice music. And the PPCs, you must have an oral and a dust tie. All those things. And we can have like a church and keep the outsiders out. And then comes lockdown. And even all the insiders became outsiders. And I struggled with that. And I prayed and I realized one thing. You know what is an essential service? An essential service? Love. Love. No person can get along without love. I saw in your, your white container there at the farm. It says you were called by the name of love. Every baby, every person needs love. We are addicted to love. Come on. You know what? The church of Jesus Christ is the only vehicle to deliver love to a broken people. And that's essential. Doesn't matter how tall you are, how short you are, how big, how small, how rich, how poor. You need, you need love. And when they need love, they need God. If they need God, they need us to portray God who he is towards them. Amen? And then I believe that's what God is doing in your life and in your church and through this church. Listen to this. You were born to be a living link between heaven and earth. Just giving you some facts for why you are here. You are born to be sent on miracle missions, not only to Uganda. Come on. There's a miracle waiting just outside your door, a mission field for you. And I know you're very active, but I'm going to ask you, are you as individual active? Do you believe and do you, do you really realize that you are a miracle for somebody else's breakthrough? Come on, for somebody else's destiny. You were born to share God's heart for people. That's what you were born for, not only Christians. Every person. But you know what happened? As you come out of that, 
as that miracle, as that blessing, you are disposed and exposed to a world that's supposed to be a world of love, it's a world of hate. And we get accustomed to that and we allow that to shape us. Isn't that true? And then, then we say, like in Afrikaans, so gemaak and so gelat staan. Nobody will change me. Nobody will make me stop thinking my beer. Not even you or your God. Come on. Who made me? God made me. He made me, made me with a purpose to change the world, to transform the world. I, I just realized, and we've got a heart also for addicted people, and he's going to start a center now. And I just realized, you know why people get addicted? To something else? Because they've got a void for love. And they've got a void for for purpose, and they're seeking all these other things to just, to just be something. And we just read what David said, you made out of nothing, you made something. Tell the person that you are, you're something. You're something. You're something. Listen, you were born to partner with God's Spirit. And when we got on this journey that we call life without Christ, it's just the time that God is, you know what? God is preparing a collision time for you and I. Mine was a bar. Somebody else's is a church. Somebody else's is a, is a white cottage where you put my baby in. Somebody else's is just you bump into somebody on your road. Paul's was on the Damascus road. We ran into Jesus. The moment he hit him, he was heated with blindness. I'm just going to keep my glasses, otherwise I'm going to lose it. And then he asked, she's asking, my soul, soul, why are you persecuting me? Lord, who are you? I am the Christ. That you persecute. Stop kicking towards Afrikaans direct translation. Don't kick back against your calling. Hope scoped any prattles. And the next thing he asks, God, tell me what to do. You know what he told him? Stand up and go. Not come in and sit. Stand up and go. And there I will show you what to do. And at the same time, God, he got to Damascus. And God, God spoke to one of his disciples. And he told him, hey, there's a guy named Paul. Go to him and tell him I'll show him how much he will suffer for my kingdom. And he told him, God, do you know who Paul is? He's a persecutor of your church. Tell him, go. He had a collision, and his purpose changed. You know what? God is always familiar with our purpose. We just don't know it. And if I don't know, you know, you watch something so bad, and now when I'm in the cave, we are so dependent on the GPS. You drive out of the gate of our Hotel, it says, 
keep on going northwest. How can I know there's northwest? I don't know there's south. Come on. So I'm lost, I'm confused. So, so if I haven't got a way going, a direction I'm going, or put the destiny in, I will never meet my destiny. So many Christians believe, hey, I've got a purpose. But what is your purpose? You know, your purpose got your name on. And one day I was sitting with a guy and he asked me, boxing, what is your purpose statement? I said, huh? What's that? Do you have a purpose statement? You never got a purpose statement. What is the statement? It's something I stand for. And I verbalized, and, I, and who, you know who knows where I'm going? Me. You know what? I read, I'm reading books from Caroline Leaf about the brain. She's a brain scientist. And she says that a, your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and experience. But it follows instructions out of your mouth. And then when you and I speak it, that's a truth, that's a thing by where your brain says, all right, let's go, baby. We're going to go that direction because we heard you speaking it. And that guy told me, I'm, not go I'm ending this session till you come back with your purpose statement. And I went to God and said, God, you made me. So you're the one I can get the statement from. So why am I here? I write, wrote it down. In place on this earth, when I walk and everybody is, is crossing my path, I must lead gonna lead to Christ. Number one. And then the second part of it is to help them being transformed into the potential God has placed inside of them which they do not recognize. Come on. And and I got a scripture, Isaiah fifty eight, verse twelve that says those who come out of you will restore the old waste places. You will restore the foundation of many generations. You will be called restorer of the breaches and the repairer of the roads dwell on. Come on. You know what you know what changed in my life? I'm not doing anything, I'm walking my purpose. You know, most of our pastors, so many times they ask you, are you full time or part time? Now I had a full-time work and did part-time ministry for nine years, but I was only Saturdays, not at the church. I spent the same amount of hours at church as I did at my workplace. So I was part-time or full-time. I got confused. And now I'm full-time, so I haven't got a full-time job. So what is the job? You just heard your pastor, they say, what's the job? So I decided, when I walk in my, I just discovered, when I walk in my purpose, I don't work anymore. Come on. If you, if you work, you need to get paid. If I work, if I do my purpose, I live my purpose. Come on. You know what? I realize he's my, he's my provider. He's in this just different platforms. I mean, when I preach at Sunday, I might work where I, at church. If I do counseling or coaching, I might work where I, at church. 
So I had this conflict the whole time. But in any place I am, I'm just fulfilling my purpose. So what do I do do? I do manage my time. Do not manage my jobs. Do not manage where I, I cannot do this, I cannot serve because I've got to work. You know, Pastor, I've got to work too. I've got a real work, not like you guys. That's true. So that's why I, I'm never going to work anymore. I'm fulfilling my purpose. And it might include working. You understand that? You get that? Okay, so I'm fulfilling my purpose. You know what? And I realize when I fulfill my purpose, everything I touch, everything I've got is ease. My purpose is ease. The way it's opening platforms is ease. I don't have to create platforms. Don't have to get, I don't have to seek for work. You know what? The moment I discovered that, just opportunity just unfolding open. Why? Because I'm just living according to my purpose. And where do I get my purpose from God? Amen? Hey, you were born to send, be sent to many commissions. You were born to share God's heart for people. You were born to partner with the Holy Spirit. Every Christian need to adhere to the Holy Spirit. You were born. Why? The Spirit was the one you had spent nine months with. Amen. So you recognize the voice. You were born to take risk of, of faith. And if I walk in my purpose, I heard your pastor he saying the other day to us, he said, did labor, did money be the reason why you don't do something? Did God leads. God guides, He provides. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. I heard all those nice things. Come on. But you need to take, I only can take a risk with somebody if I'm in a relationship with that person. Okay, so you have to take a risk in faith. You were born to deliver miracles of financial provision. Not only the rich people. Come on, what are the songs they Let the poor say I am. Let the weak say I am. Let the blind say, and see, come on, he came to change your destiny. He came to change your purpose. If he was blind, hey, they came to bother of us. They asked him, hey, who healed you? He said, I don't know. I don't know if he's from Satan. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Come on, one thing I know, I was on my way to hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. But on my way to heaven, I'm going to take so many people with me as possible. I'm going to make an impact while I'm here. Not going to waste time. You're not here to survive. You're here to thrive. Not here to take part. You're here to take over. I know Cape Town's going to be taken over. I know the world's going to be taken over. They say the first wave of the, of the COVID. You know what? The Bible is teaching about in the last days. I will do what? I will pour my spirit out on, on all flesh. Hey, do you know that wave? Do you know that wave? That's the wave I'm interested in. That's the wave I'm riding. Okay? I'm not riding another wave. I'm riding that wave. We're born to deliver miracles of life purpose. Hey, you can change somebody else's life. I have so many testimonies of people who are pastors that have been changed by this ministry. You can be that candidate to change someone else's life. You just have to step out and believe it. That you can do it. He placed you here. You are born to deliver miracles of forgiveness. We are the symbolism of forgiveness. You and I can say we are Christians because of a deed on the 
of forgiveness on a cross. He said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they do. So now you know how many people and Christians holding forgiveness back towards fellow Christians? And it doesn't happen here. Only in Pretoria and Limpopo. But we can be that miracle. Why? Because I've been forgiven. I've been a bad guy. I've been bad. You know what? My father tried to kill himself by shooting himself 10 years ago. And, um, but he didn't kill himself. He just he went blind after that. But two weeks before that, he wanted to kill me. My own dad. You know what? God's got a plan and purpose. He rejected me so many times in my life. You know what? The last 10 years, he stayed with me. The one he rejected, one had nothing to do with, the one who was a disgrace for him, was the one who fed him, who led him, who dressed him the last few years and the last few weeks before he died. And that's God. And I had to forgive him for the things he's done in my life. But I had to live the forgiveness. Listen to this. You don't have to have eyes to see when people forgive you. And he experienced my forgiveness. And two years before he died, now two years ago, four years ago, I was 50 years old. It's the first time in my life I heard my dad tell me, I love you. I love you. And just before that, he asked me to forgive him. And that was after I told him that I asked him to forgive me for living a selfish life when I got saved. Not really giving Jesus towards him, the Jesus he needed. You know, the thing he preached, he was never a preacher by art. But when people got him, you know, he gave them CDs to listen. It was about forgiveness, about forgiveness, about forgiveness, about forgiveness. And that's the thing. So you and I can be this miracle. But don't wait till you die. Don't wait till then. You've still got life ahead of you. Are we still okay? I'm glad I've got a pocket. I'm going to share some, just share some facts with you. Your purpose is to live beyond yourself. You can't share your perfect you or shape your life according to somebody else's perfect you. You remember that scripture, you be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect? It's not, it's not that, hey, maybe you think, oh, but I cannot be perfect. But you know what you should be? You should be your perfect you. That you should be you. You know, my pastor, I think I've got, you think you've got the best pastor? I've got the best pastor in the world. It's pastor Lorenz Lachans. You know what he normally tells me? He tells me, Boxian, just be yourself. And some years when I, when I got put into full-time ministry, 2008, the first time, when I preached every, when I preached a Sunday, the Monday I was on the red carpet. You know what that means? Why? Because I'm doing the things I'm doing. A pastor doesn't lay on his back. A pastor doesn't jump up. A pastor doesn't shout. Doesn't mock. 
allemaal lakkiesies. A pass it down to that, a pass it down to that, pass it down. For a whole year. Every Sunday. And it was a, when I was a service leader, I come back, you did that wrong, you did that wrong, you don't do that. Because my council tall sucks. That's council tall. You know that manners. You know what? I never taught that things. I forgot it. Okay? But one day, then I left, I went at the other um, denomination for a year. We come back there. And you know, the first thing he told me, he said, Boxian, just be yourself. And now when he tells people, when he say invite Boxian, he tells him, it's not a traditional guy. If you get people in your chairs that get offended, they will get offended. If you're afraid of that, don't invite him. That's what my pastor, beside God and my wife, my pastor knows me the best. He even knows all my weaknesses. Everything he knows about me. Okay, so I really adore him, and, and I really so appreciate the relationship you two have. And, and one day, Pastor, when, the, when Pastor Gustav was at our church, he said this one thing to a, to a young man. He told him, your destiny is in the leadership's path. You remember that? So that, that's so awesome. And I just realized, when God called me, he called me for somebody else. Not for myself. Like when, when I got b- born, like you, when you got born, did you say, when you were off that one seat, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. You didn't. You said, okay, there I'm going. I oh, you now I'm one. Hey, who are you? And then suddenly you're becoming this person on somebody else's request to bless somebody else. So hey, that never stopped. You're here to bless somebody else. And what, you know what? The best thing to be somebody else's blessing is just to let go and let God allow himself to be shown to other people because you are the image of God. Amen. I'm going to read this awesome scripture to you in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. It says, in Amplified, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Say Everything. Beautiful, and that includes me and you. In its time, he also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose, working through the ages with nothing under the sun, but God alone can satisfy That's where you find your purpose. We don't find purpose in somebody else. Come on. Listen, where I get, I'm living out my purpose. One day I told my wife, I asked her, what's your purpose? To be a pastor's wife. I told her, that's not your purpose. Hey, imagine that. Now in the pastor's not there anymore, whose wife are you then? And then your purpose is down the drain. Hey. Your purpose is not attached to something or somebody. It's attached to eternity. Come on. Hey, if I live my purpose, anything can happen. You can even die. And you're not afraid of it because your purpose, if I live my purpose, it creates a legacy. And the legacy goes on. Jesus came. He lived his purpose. 
and he died for his purpose, and his purpose still continuing more than 2,000 years. Come on. So are you living your purpose? Are you living your destiny? Are you living what God has placed from eternity inside of you so that I can make, you can make a difference on this world? Amen. Listen to this. If you try to suppress your identity, that's your purpose. You know what they said? It's what makes it happen when you react negatively to circumstances of life. Hey? Come on. If I live my purpose, anything can happen. Any door can close. Because there are many other open doors. Anything can collapse. Because when something collapses, something else stands up in another place. But where are our focus on that? Listen to this. You step out of your perfect you and create a toxic environment. Now, that's why we get stressed up. It's your, your brain, I see, it's going into survival mode. It's a way of telling you, hey, I'm not at the right place at the right time. Help me. Help me. Hey, you intoxicate me. Help me because your brain are created to function on love and, and going forward, not backwards, on positivity. I mean about God's word. We created you to be. Listen to this. You are not defined by where you are or where you have been, but where you are on your way to. Come on. And are you on your way to something or somewhere? And on your, your way there, are you taking somebody else with you? Are you making a mark in somebody else's life? I'm a, I ask God every day three things. I want a word from you. I want a prophecy for somebody else. I want something to testify about what you've done for me today. You know what's sad? Some Christians, the only testimony they have is their salvation testimony. I told John, he's giving his testimony on that other place. I hope that's not your only testimony of God. That God saved you. Our salvation doesn't start when he saved me. It doesn't stop there. It's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's going on. And one day, I asked God three things, and all this, at 10 o'clock, I even testified to 20 people, 10 o'clock, all, all three things, 10 o'clock in the morning. Because that's my expectation. I expect from God a miracle every day. And some of our miracles differ. A miracle for somebody will be 50 rand. For somebody else, a miracle will be 50 million rand. For somebody, a miracle will be, it says, I love you. So that's miracles that we can do and change people's lives. Almost done. The more you step into your purpose, listen to how awesome this is, the more wisdom you will develop. Why? Because your brain reacts on what you say and what you feel and what you do. No? Which will increase your capacity. Say capacity. Who needs more capacity? I want more capacity. What? For what? For accessing and living in God's love and reflecting that love toward, towards a world filled with pain and suffering. When I step into my purpose, you know what? I'm like open well. 
I told her the other day, you know, some people hate that sound in your cell phone. Beep, beep, beep. It means it's going debit orders or something going off your money. You know what I enjoy? I like that. Because the more that it goes out, the more it can come in. Don't you like it? Otherwise, like a dead sea. And you trust God, but you don't give something at the, hey, there's no place. So I just keep the flow. But not only money and everything, if you let out, God will fill you in. Amen. The world needs us. Stepping into your purpose, perfect, you make you humble and not proud. Why? No, the reason is because I, I know, hey, the reason who I am is because he made me. The, the opportunity I get is because he creates it. He used people. But hey, I'm ambassador of the kingdom. Not of my own kingdom. The choice to unlock your perfect you and, and live and life out of your blueprint for identity is yours. Really, the more you unlock your perfect you, the more miracles you'll activate in your life and the lives of other people around you. What I'm telling you today, hey, start living in your purpose. Do you know what's your purpose? Get your purpose statement from God. It can come from a prophetic word. You know what's the best thing? If I can give, somebody else didn't tell me what's God's plan for my life. It's great to hear it from somebody else. Hey? Remember, you like some, some other person's husband to tell you you're beautiful? No. That's problem. That's trouble. Hey, I want to ask from, I want to hear from my wife. Hey, you're beautiful. I want to hear from my dad. Hey, I like you. When last did you ask God how he sees you? You know what? Every week, I ask God. God, how do you see me today? Once a week. If I hear from him how he sees me, I couldn't care what somebody else says see me. Because I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please him. But if I please him, I will serve people. I will be the instrument in his hand to heal people. I will be the hand so they experience his, his heart. It's so beautiful. And that's why we are placed on this earth to be. How many people do you change when you just walk in the mall? In Paris, the church where I've been there, I came in there the first morning, I thought they saw, they saw lemons at the door. Sad people, sour people, cursing people. Is that what God placed us on this earth? Are we yet to be a blessing? So like, you know, so many black people, they call their children miracle, blessing, not boxed in. Huh? But you know what? One day I was driving, and God just asked me, how do you see, what's for uitgang in Engels? How do you see progress in communities? I see my buildings getting up. So God asked me, what's the true fruit of a box there? 
Spaldings. Spaldings. So what's your true friend? Your place must have to multiply, to bear much fruit. And the thing is, you know what? The amazing thing about the box is you see it. Come on. Hey, God is the outcome-based God. I tell so many people, you make a difference in your environment. Yes. Okay, so where are it? Where, where are they? Where's the difference? You make disciples, where are they? You impact your community. So where, how can we see it? We saw it. We heard it. And that's the thing. So God has placed inside of you to be an extension of his arm to this earth. That every person who walked past you, his life has been changed. Can I get somebody on the keys, please? Thank you. That is keys, ne? Thank you. Thank you, Father. The more intelligent you will become, since your perfect you is tied to your intellect. Don't allow a teacher or any person tell you you're dumb or stupid. I had an awesome friend. I told me one day, but this false, is it false? I sing, sing so off note that I even take, take the person next to me off note. And I believed that for 23 years. And I had this desire to sing for God one day. Even words from people that you will stand on platforms and sing. But God, I cannot. And one day in Paris, I just tasted the mic and sang a song with it. And the guy asked me and said, why am I not singing? I told him I can't. And he asked me, who lied to you? Now, I don't know if he lied then. You know what, but I don't care. But since that day, I started singing. I led the worship for a year and a half in Paris. I led the worship at our church for a year. And God sent me beautiful worship people. But anytime there's no person to worship, I'll take the mic and lead the worship. For so many years, I was robbed of that opportunity to be extensive God hand, God's hand because I, I, I allowed somebody else to label me, to validate me who's got no experience. Don't allow anybody to validate you who's got no experience. What's your name? Gustav? See, you, you've been allowed so many people to label you. And what label do you really carry? Do you believe God's got a plan and purpose for your life? Are you walking in that purpose? You know you've been called to not just follow, but to lead. To walk in front. If you want to walk in front, we need to walk behind somebody for, for a time. Time God's going to put out of the row and allow you to lead. Will you lead?
And will you lead by example? Will you lead with passion? Are you in the worship team? I think I saw her, wasn't it? Saxophone. But that's not the only instrument you can play. You can play seven, eight. All of them. Okay, listen to this. You know what I see? I see an academy, a school, where you teach little ones. Listen to this. Even people that haven't got enough fingers to play all the no pickies patterns. God has created something in you to see the potential you wanted somebody to see in you. I hear in my spirit, even said this word, I will never ever write somebody else off. For somebody wrote you off. Can I give you a that person wrote you off, you know what? Even before that day, God wrote you on. Long before that day. And when that person said that or did that, God just said, okay, we'll see about that. And you must realize that He loves you so. And He's, he's called you by the name of love. You will be my instrument, my son, of my love and my power to a broken world. Yes, I will start at your, at your own family because that's where the need is. Because they just functioned out of that place where they didn't know me. They didn't know my heart as you got to know my heart. You will be my flow back towards them. No, not with the regret. Not with envy in your heart, but with my passion and my heart towards them like it's towards you this morning. And they will even, they won't will understand the flow that's coming from you. Because they know what part that they, what they played. But even, hey... I'm just mentioning it because I want, to, I want to show you my greatness. So when I mention it, it's not that I, I regret them for that. No. They was just the, the instrument as well to show my great love towards you, back towards them. And they will truly say that I am your God. They will truly say, yes, He didn't just change His life. He had a collision with the love of the world, Jesus Christ. And it will so impact them that they will impact others. Know it, that the moment I formed you in your mother's womb, I was making an, an impact in a person that will impact the world. You are an impactor. You are a transformer. You are an energizer. You are a passionator. Not a pacifier. A passionator. I've placed inside of you not only to see potential in young people's lives, but to, to develop the potential you see. You will see potential where other people write off. You will even see potential start speaking in 
into that when the persons themselves don't recognize that. And I will use you as a catalyst so that that energy and that passion for me just start growing in those people. And out of your school, so many powerful musicians will arise. You'll have the school with the youngest professionals in it. Even your school will transform symphonies. Like the ones you've watched. And therefore I gave you a gift, not to keep it for yourself, but to transform it into other people. It's not just a mantle. It's a passion. It's a lifestyle. It's a purpose. And you will demonstrate my love through that, for you living that purpose and, and just putting yourself into other people's lives that you will see changed. Even kids who haven't got a home or a place to live or stay, I will send to you. Oh, no, 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 no. You will go and see them and I'll send you to them. You will touch them where they in their slums. You will touch them there where they want to give up their lives. As your life's been changed by someone, you will change many people's lives by something. They were you felt you were nothing, and I saw you as something. I placed that something inside of you. Even when people don't see their own destiny, you'll speak it over them. And even when you just take any instrument and play, my spirit will just manifest. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. You just play and my spirit through your the anointed music will just draw people towards you and towards me. Never ever think it's just there to draw them towards you alone. Know it that I'm going to use you to, do, to draw them towards me because they will see me in you. Even the ones who rejected you will get back to their purpose and calling via why are you through me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I think it's Natasha. I just believe the Spirit is just leading me to tell you that. I know that's a phrase that your father uses as well. Well done, good and faithful servant. It can so often be a cliche. But I just experience my spirit. There's so many things that you even do that not even your father knows what you're doing for the kingdom. And God has even seen that. God is even seeing the, the, the price you've paid to be who you are because who you are costs the price. See, there's some battles you had to fight when you're in school because you're pastor's daughter. There's some um, 
temptations you had to face where other pastors daughters fell for where you didn't fall for and what a surprise your own calling is a price and I just believe in my spirit there's some days when the devil is trying to convince you say no that's not what you should do but I believe that God's going to place you on, on many platforms I don't know if you do like preaching but I believe I see you on many platforms more than you've ever been and God's just going to escalate it you must remember one thing, you don't carry somebody else's mantle and you will never be able to carry your father's mantle because it's not your mantle. God's got your own mantle, your own calling. Okay, and so many times they even rose some, some envy, not from your family, but from other people in town. But that's not your battle, it's God's battle. But even those people, see you, listen to this, you're going to be invited by 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 denominations and peoples who rejected you in the past will invite you to come talk about forgiveness and inner healing. You've got your own testimony about inner healing that I don't know everybody has heard. But you, God's going to use that to heal so many people. Listen to this. God, God's showing you that there's not only broken hearted people in the swamps or the or the shacks. God is sending you to broken people that stay in comes by and what's the other plaque with a collar on loop? That bay. Sandy Bay. All that places. Clifton. Clifton. And I also see God's opening ways for you to speak on radio stations. Just first give your testimony, but just share what God has placed on for healing, healing for, for women. Okay. And and this can also be a cliche. But you know what the people that's the least ministered to is pastors' kids. And some of them lying on the ice whip. Because they didn't have other people just sharing their experience concerning the struggles I went through but got victory about that and God's just going to use you concerning that but I see even the, listen to this there's, there's people sitting in, as CEOs in, um, as in companies as wives they've got a call and purpose in their life they just think they need to be housewives and what can use it just to activate them to make a difference in their communities and lives okay God has placed you on this earth for specific plan and purpose and even when God has taken your father you and your siblings will carry on what God has started in him it will escalate even more not that I say God's going to take him that's not what I'm saying okay but don't wait till that day okay see sometimes the devil want to park you I can you only park your bowdog and Jacobistula. Okay. And your foot talk. I see we are just gonna move from um I, I, I'm just gonna carry on, sir, if I can. God's gonna use your children and many people in this community to plant even much more than you ever experienced. The other night when you've been there at our place. I didn't give this word because I wasn't released. So if you release me to give this word, I will do it, sir. I believe God's giving streets to you as well. Streets. Not only places, corners, streets. 
and companies. As we have CEOs come, CEOs of companies, I commit this whole company and my staff towards your ministries. Okay, and I know God has, has financed this ministry, but I see it's God's, I really believe that God wants us to influence the economic world where we are at. And God's going to use you and many other people and this church to place people in. And when they say you can take over my company, God's going to allow you to appoint CEOs of your church there and the finance will come to the, the church. And God's going to change the world. And so many disciples will arise from that. I even I see where, where you travel many years. I don't know if you've been in Madrid. I hear the word Madrid. I just see God's going to open much more more towns and countries uh, where, where people say, we're going to retire. Your refining already started. And I just believe in my spirit. And that's why I experience from you as well. You are a mentor of mentors. And that's what God has placed inside of you. Have to carry on. And, and it just comes with, with no effort. And God, and as you did with us, just connect us with so many people. God has made you connector of nations. I see God's going to use you when nations are colliding. That God's going to use you as an as not only interpreter, but a, a, an ambassador, but a mediator between countries, between nations. And the main thing will be the love of Christ, the love of Christ, the love of Christ. See, many doors are opening, even non-Christian countries. Come on. Thank you, Father. Come even this place, you, what, what do you call that? that, that, that the ministers of, of the mosques, the Muslim imams. I see many imams starting to join your services. And I see we got, maybe they're going to convert the imams of that, that mosques into churches because God already, fi- their God already financed it for our God to use. Come on, man. Their God financed it for our God to use. I just thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are an awesome God. Father, I thank you for the privilege in being here this morning. Father, as a servant of you, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all this people this morning. I'm just going to make an invitation. If you're sitting here this morning, say, hey, but I do not know that Christ. You talk about purpose. You talk about Christ, but I do not know him as my personal Lord and Savior. If it's you, I want you just to put up your hand. I want to do a prayer with you. Thank you, Father. Everybody here know Christ. For I just thank you. I just thank you. If you sit there and say, hey, I really want God to reveal my purpose towards me. I just want you to stand up with me. Say, Father, I hear about my purpose, but you will reveal your purpose to me, even in this week, so I can just walk by it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, you see every person that's standing. You can even just put your hand up and say, Lord, include me. Thank you as you revealed your purpose to me. You will reveal purpose to them. Thank you. They will not only hear their purpose, they will walk according to their purpose. And thank you, Father, that this environment, Cape Town, will recognize your hand and discover your heart through your people's purpose. In Jesus' name, I thank you for that. Amen.
Awesome. Are you blessed this morning? Well, praise the Lord. We're going to finish the service, but if you need prayer, Buxton, Pastor Buxton, I am a concrete mixer. So uh, uh, so he's going to pray with you all. And uh, the rest of us, we're going to uh, let go of the service. And tonight, 6 o'clock, really want to encourage you. We had two powerful services this morning. And uh, I mean, clearer word about purpose you will not get. We're here to fulfill a great, great grand design of what God has designed us. Now, let's just stand. And if you want uh, Pastor Boxtian to pray with you all, and uh, we're going to pray. And again, Happy Mother's Day. We're just going to release the service. Those of you that need prayer can come to the front. The others um, can go home after we prayed for with your halal pork and all the stuff that you're going to eat in Jesus' name. Don't forget about 6 o'clock. Amen. Are you excited about service this morning? Amen. Notify your face that you're happy and smile. Amen. Father God, we just come and we bless this word today, Father. We know that your word will not return to you void, Father. Thank you for reminding us that you love us and that you gave us purpose and that you created us for great and mighty things, Father. Lord, we don't worship you for what you do, but we worship you for who you are, Father God. And as your people is leaving this out the doors, they are entering into their mission field. Bless them, surround them, Father, and keep them safe in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Remember, Dr. Brian, tonight, 6 o'clock, and don't miss Leadership Wednesday morning at 9. Amen.